Have you ever been to a dinner party where you had to awkwardly stick to just bread and butter while everyone around you enjoyed a full feast? But the walnuts and the salad and the pepitas sprinkled atop the goat cheese enchiladas would send you into anaphylaxis if you tried them. Have you ever worked really hard to create a special birthday cake for your friend with severe soy, gluten, and dairy allergies, only to learn a little bit too late that the pan spray you used undid all your hard work? Allergies and food restrictions are more and more prominent as of late. You might be asking yourself, has something changed? Today, we're going to talk about how we can continue to show hospitality in our homes and churches, even when eating together is increasingly complex. Welcome to Kitchen Meditations a weekly podcast from the Edible Theology Project, where we examine the ways God meets us in the kitchen and at the table. I'm your host, Kendall Vanderslice. If you are hungry for a taste of God's hope and healing in the mundane tasks of your everyday life, then you've come to the right place. May these meditations bring you a bit of grounding as you prepare to eat today and every day. Let's get started with a little spiritual mise en place, a prayer to orient ourselves before we begin. In the professional kitchen, mise en place is the process of preparing your workspace for the dishes you're about to make. It involves measuring your ingredients and reading your recipe all the way through so that you can be aware of every ingredient that goes into the dish at hand. I like to think of it as a time to prepare my own mind and body as well, asking God to be present with me as I cook or as I bake. Our spiritual mise en place today is drawn from the prophet Isaiah. Slow your breathing. And now as you breathe, repeat with me. Inhale. Surely he took up our pain. And now as you exhale and bore our suffering. A few years ago, I was leading a workshop with a group of pastors who were interested in thinking more intentionally about hospitality in their churches. We spent the day reflecting on the role of meals in the story of scripture, the role of meals in various expressions of Christianity, and finally, the way we could host thoughtful meals in our own contexts today. How do we handle food allergies, though? One participant asked. The person sitting next to her rolled his eyes. I mean, seriously, everyone seems to have a food allergy these days. That was never a problem in my church potlucks growing up, he said. Why is it such a big deal now? We just can't cook for everyone. Well, I want to make our church feel like a welcoming place, the first pushed back. The man, we'll call him Chuck, dug in his heels. It's just ridiculous these days, he said, raising his voice. People can't expect to have every crazy picky thing catered to. I gently tried to redirect the conversation, 
helping the group think through creative ways they could offer hospitality in the face of food restrictions. Eventually, Chuck began to calm down. A couple hours later, it was time to close out the workshop with a dinner together. The host church had prepared the meal for us, vegetarian lentil stew with bread and salad. Chuck grabbed his bowl and stepped up to the counter to get his soup. He looked in the pot and said, is lentil stew all you have? I'm allergic to lentils. I'm sorry, we didn't know, the woman serving the soup whispered to him. Chuck sighed, dropped his bowl in the sink, picked up his notes from the day, and walked out the door. This story could be read as some sort of divine comedy. Chuck had it coming after his uproar over folks who make their allergies known. Serves them right, you might be thinking. I'll admit, I felt a little twinge of glee when he experienced the pain of being unable to eat with everyone else. But the truth is, I think Chuck was expressing the very real dual pain of food allergies today. One, it is impossible to accommodate all of the allergies and food restrictions that exist in a single meal. You just cannot make a meal that is accessible to everyone. This makes hospitality, especially in a church, really, really hard. And second, it is so isolating to not be able to eat along with the community around you. According to FAIR, an organization devoted to food allergy research and education, 32 million Americans have food allergies today. That is one in every 10 adults. 5.6 million children under the age of 18 have allergies too, which is one of every 13. Even in a small church of around 100 adults and 50 children, you're looking at 14 people with unique allergies at a single potluck. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention reports that there was a 50% increase in food allergy cases from 1997 to 2011. From 1997 to 2008, nut allergies in children more than tripled. Autoimmune prevalence has also risen rapidly over the past 25 years, causing a host of food restrictions beyond the traditional allergens. There are plenty of hypotheses about why these numbers have spiked so much as of late. Some researchers believe there are environmental factors, like decreased vitamin D that changes the ways our bodies absorb nutrients. Others postulate that we just have better awareness of allergies and can better spot when our bodies are reacting negatively. And some suggest that we've become so focused on hygiene that we don't have enough exposure to microorganisms, especially in the early years of life. And thus, we deplete our microbiomes. There are folks who suggest that the change is in our food itself. As our diets have become increasingly made up of industrialized foods, our ability to digest things suffers. Or the farming methods have changed, impacting the ingredients themselves. 
Chances are, the true answer lies in some combination of these theories, but that's not really what we're here to talk about today. At the very least, as Christians, we have a theological framework that can make sense of the pain wrought by allergies. Though God created this world, including nuts and legumes and grains and seeds, and God called it all very good, creation is not as it's meant to be. When we look to Genesis 3, we see the story of a broken creation longing for restoration. And all wrapped up in this story of brokenness and healing is the act of growing and eating food. It was a bite of forbidden fruit that wrought havoc on the world. In God's response, he tells humanity, we must toil in the soil that will work against us. And also, it's through a meal that Jesus marks God's commitment to restoration. And it's the imagery of a feast that we await in the new creation. The pain and limitations of our food allergies serve as an ongoing reminder of the brokenness of creation. But even though the act of eating is marred in this way, it can still serve as a way to taste the renewed kingdom yet to come. When we let them, food allergies can provide us with an opportunity for hospitality. They can offer us a way to care for someone in a very particular form. What I told that group at the workshop, after we'd gotten Chuck to calm down, is that they were right. It's impossible to identify all of the potential allergies that might arise at your meal. But you can take the time to learn about the allergies of those who are part of your community. Ask people to share their favorite recipes so that others can prepare food for them. Learn to cook in such a way that you meet as many needs as you can between the many dishes you have on offer. My go-to dish for serving a crowd is always soup, along with salad and bread. It's so easy to make a soup vegetarian, grain, dairy, egg, or nut-free, It's easy to make one without nightshades or without lentils, so long as you know about the lentil allergy in the first place. And it's usually pretty quick to throw together, too. Once I know all of the food restrictions of my guests, I plan a soup and salad accordingly. And when necessary, I purchase a loaf of gluten-free bread. Because that's one baked good I simply haven't mastered, and I want to make sure I'm serving my guests something that tastes good. Let food allergies serve as an opportunity to get to know your particular community better. And then serve those who so often feel left out or overlooked during communal meals. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. We'll get to our kitchen tip in just a moment, but I want to take a quick break to tell you more about Edible Theology. Edible Theology is an educational media project helping you connect the communion table to the kitchen table. Our podcast and curriculum are designed to help you heal relationships 
both to food and community. I'm really excited to share that in just a few weeks, I'll be releasing a new book that strikes right at the heart of our mission here. It's called Buy Bread Alone, A Baker's Reflections on Hunger, Longing, and the Goodness of God. The book is a theological reflection on bread, as told through my own story. It's about the relationships between our daily bread and the bread of life and the body of Christ and our individual bodies. If you have a complicated relationship with bread or your body or with God or with the church, if you are aching for a tangible way of knowing God is near, then I wrote this book for you. Pre-order your copy today and it will be on your doorstep just in time to read it with me this Lent. Our kitchen tip this week is for those who want to seize the opportunities for hospitality that are present in the face of food allergies. If you are someone with food allergies or restrictions, consider inviting a few close friends over for a meal made within the restrictions that you must follow every day. Make it clear that this meal is meant as an opportunity for them to better understand your experience and consider how to care for you and others better as a result. Encourage them to ask you questions about your experience with food allergies and how it has kept you from feeling fully included in community. Tell them what foods you miss most. Share with them the many layers you must think through in preparing foods and where some unsuspecting allergens might hide. Then provide the recipes from your meal for these friends. Not only will they think of you each time they cook it, they will have a set of safe recipes they can prepare when they want to cook for you too. If you do not have any allergies, but you would like to better care for the friends that do, ask your friends these same questions. How can I prepare food for you? What considerations might I accidentally overlook? What makes you feel loved when dining with friends? While food allergies might be painful, scary, and isolating, they can serve as a starting point for hospitality if we let them. And now to close, a prayer for food allergies. God who takes up our pain, you know how it feels to be left out of a meal. You know the fear we hold over a hidden tree nut or a trace of soy. You know the loss of giving up bread or cheese or eggs. Be with those who know the brokenness of creation with every bite and teach us how to use these limitations as a chance for creative hospitality. Amen. Kitchen Meditations is brought to you by the Edible Theology Project, where the communion table meets the dinner table. We encourage you to discuss this episode around the table with your spouse, small group, or friends. Need some help getting into that rhythm? Sign up for our weekly newsletter at edibletheology.com and you'll get discussion questions and a recipe delivered straight to your inbox every week. Our intro music is by Josh Garrels. A huge thank you to my Edible Theology team who made this podcast possible, especially to our producer, Jason Rugg.
We would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or Spotify. Then share this episode with your friends. Your help ensures that others discover this podcast too.